Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Thank you guys. Good morning, church. It's a good place to be on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, I I just love this church. I love this church family. I love our pastors, um, Pastor Tim and Alicia. Man, they, they week in, week out. They feed us well, they take care of us well, they lead us well. And uh, I'm not sure about you, but I'm extremely grateful for them. Can we just honor them this morning? They're resting. We love you guys. Taking some family time, which is so important. And uh, we're glad that you guys are here. And I'm honored to be able to fill in for Pastor today. And we're going to have a great morning together. Uh, Before we get there, I just wanted to take a a couple moments and uh, give you some heads up on what we're going to be doing the next couple weeks. But on July the 8th, if you could check this out, July 8th, we're actually changing our service times. The new service times are going to be 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. And then, in case you guys didn't know yet, we're going east. And so our east campus service times are 10 o'clock and 11.30. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We are getting pumped up. We're getting ready to to see what God is going to do in East Ocala. Uh, We're just, we're really just blessed to see the favor that God's laying out ahead of us. And he's paving the roads through prayer as, as we're going ahead. And our goal really is to get into East Ocala and do our best to bring the culture of Meadowbrook and what God is doing here to the east side of town to reach more people for Jesus Christ. And that's really our goal and our our mission in doing that and accomplishing that. And we love for you guys to be part of that. And so we already have a a group of our dream team that we're gathering. And if you're wanting to to serve and be part of the dream team, you can. And uh, we also want to let you guys know about an interest night that we're having on July the 15th. It's going to be from 6.30 to 7.30. It's at the Riley Arts Center. And this night really is a time to bring anybody together. And we're inviting our whole church to come together. And if you're interested in serving at the East Campus or attending the East Campus, or if you just want to know more information about what the East Campus is all about, uh, this would be a great time for you to come. Join us on July 15th. Pastor Tim will be there. We'll have a time of sharing vision. We'll have a time of worship. And we'll have coffee and cookies. The day will be good. It'll be really good. So if you come just for the snacks, and it'll be fantastic. So um, you're not going to want to miss that. And I have a personal invitation for you. Check out this video, and then we'll jump into today's message. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So we're going east, and we want uh, you to be part of that. So uh, don't miss July 15th. You can come check it out, see what's going on, and see what God's doing in East Ocala. And uh, isn't that facility just beautiful? We're so blessed to be uh, launching there at the Riley Arts Center, and we're uh, excited to partner with them on a partnership lease on Sundays. It's going to be just a fantastic time. So uh, why don't you guys do this with me? Why don't you stand up to your feet? Let's just take a moment to prepare our hearts to get ready for what God has for us this morning just raise our hands to God. God, we love you. We need you. We're so grateful for you. God, we're so grateful for what you're doing through this ministry at Meadowbrook. God, we're thankful for our pastors, Pastor Tim and Alicia, 
Just continue to bless them while they're taking a break, to refuel, to refresh, spend some um, great quality family time together. And God, what we have an opportunity to do this morning as you brought us together to get into your word. Let your word become alive to us. Let it inspire us. Let it change us from the inside out. God, let us leave different than when we came in. And if there's anybody here that has never asked you to be your, their Lord and Savior and, or is running away from you, God, I thank you that this morning will be a chance for them to readjust, reposition themselves and to put you first back in their lives. God, if there's anybody here this morning that just feels stuck in life, feels overwhelmed in life, God, I'd pray over those individuals that they would feel different by the time that they would leave today. And most importantly, God, we would give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you help me welcome our online campus? So glad you guys are tuning in. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, again, I'm honored to be able to share with you guys. As you know, if you've been here the last few weeks, we are in a series um, called If We Were Honest. If We Were Honest. And so today I have the opportunity to talk about the idea of how to handle fear. How to handle fear. So if we were honest, we would all admit that because we're human, we've ex uh, experienced fear. Whether as a child or as an adult or whether as a child and adult. We all experience fear. And fear is a very common emotion that is something that is part of our lives and part of our world. And I want to help us today on how to handle that fear, how to go through and, and, and process that emotion in the proper way. And there's some fear in our lives that come and go. And there's other fears that grip us and have the opportunity to grip us. And I want to discuss those as well. But just for kicks, I did a, a little Google search and found out the top 10 phobias of 2018. You guys ready? Top 10 phobias of 2018 are the fear of holes, okay? Fear of flying, fear of germs, fear of small spaces, fear of thunder and lightning, fear of dogs, fear of open or crowded spaces, fear of heights, fear of snakes, and maybe you can guess the number one it was brought to us by a movie in, the in 1990 called Arachnophobia, is the fear of spiders. How many guys are fear have a fear of spiders? Any anybody? Yeah. It's usually the biggest one. Fear of spiders. We have these things that, we have these phobias and these things that we kind of deal with on a, on a day in and day out basis. I, I also think there's some other fears. Some other fears that maybe didn't make this list that maybe we deal with even more. Let me read those to you as well. The fear of failure. Fear of the unknown, relational fear, fear of losing a loved one, fear of being alone, fear of a doctor's report, fear of losing a job, and the fear of the future. And so I might have hit one of the fears that maybe you're processing through right now. Or maybe I didn't make, your fear didn't make the list, but maybe you're processing through something right now. Or maybe you know someone that is, but fear is a common thing that we have to learn how to handle and handle the proper way. And so we're going to dig into this today and just spend some time in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, just four verses. But inside these four verses, let me give you a little bit of background, a little bit of a setup to these verses. Um, this is the story of Joshua, and God is kind of having a conversation with Joshua. And if you can imagine this, that it would be like a, an epic halftime discussion in the locker room uh, with a, just an amazing sports team. That's what God's having with Joshua. God's laying out some really great stuff. Just prior to this, Joshua's leader, Moses, one of the great leaders of the Bible, has just passed away. 
And so God is coming to Joshua and kind of instructing Joshua now what his next step is, what his next role is going to be in his life. So let's check out these verses. And we'll see in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people into, or to the, Lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Begin to see a pattern here. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Again, be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. And so we're going to take some time this morning. We're going to dig into this verse and kind of break it apart for us. And I want to give us three ways to handle fear. You guys with me? You guys ready for this? Three ways to handle fear. The first one is this, that we have to faith our fears. Faith your fears. Not face But we want to faith our fears. Why? Because of this. The enemy, the enemy of your soul, the devil, he wants you to feel hopeless and fearful. He wants you to be void of hope. And he wants you to be full of fear. Two big things. Two things that are contradicting what God just told Joshua to be strong and courageous, right? It's the opposite. The devil wants to do anything he possibly can to help us, to make us feel hopeless and fearful. That's what his goal is. That's what his mission is, is to make us feel and to desire to, to, for us to feel hopeless and fearful. His number one goal in life is really to hijack our faith. Because if he could take our faith from us and away from us, what we believe in, and mess up our belief system, then it would be a lot easier for us to follow fear. But we have to condition and we have to build up our belief system. We have to build up our faith in God. When we faith our fears, what we're essentially what we're saying is we're standing strong against our fears. The same strength, not the strength that Sean has, not the strength that you have, but the strength that God has, his strength, his courage. And because we're a child of God, we have that strength and that courage. And we can have that strength and courage. So when fear comes, we don't run. We step up and we stand strong. That's what... That's what the faith in God is all about. That's how we faith our fears. So it's so important before we, we go any further, we understand that we need faith. We need God's faith to face our fears. Throughout this passage, you, you saw three different times in four verses. Three times in four verses, God says, be strong and be courageous. I think he's trying to make a point. I think he's trying to help us to realize that we need this because We need to be reminded, and we need the others to help remind us that we need this. Actually, throughout the Bible, there's 366 times that God references the idea of not being afraid. 366 times. That's one time for every day of the year. And if you're, like, concerned about leap year, he's got you covered. 366 times, he's got you covered. Don't worry about it. We're good. He has those promises in his word talking about not being afraid. Let me just read to you a few of those verses out of God's word. It says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold your righteous, your righteous right hand. Psalms 56, 3 says, 
When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. And I love this in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace is what I leave you. It's my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not fear. I love this part where it says, God said, hey, it's my peace I leave you. God's peace he has left for us. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And so It says, so when faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's not something that just happens one time. That's a continual action on our part. Like you're hearing today and like you're hearing on your own when you're studying God's word on your own that we have constantly have to hear God's word to do what? Build our faith, to begin to faith our fears. Let me read this to you. Faith works for you. Fear works against you. Let your faith be bigger than your fears. Now I had to set all of our other stuff up by helping us understand that we need God's faith on the inside of us. Not our power, but God's power in us. And so let's talk about the next one, how to handle our fear. And that's to fight the battle. That we have to fight the battle. And I believe a lot of times this battle happens in our mind. We fight this battle of fear in our mind. It's our thoughts that get to us. It's our thoughts that constantly bombard us. And I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but your brain is a very profoundly complex organ in your head. God created it that way. In fact, over 100 billion nerve cells make up your brain. That's a lot. Something's going on in there, hopefully. Your brain is a starting point to help you Everything that you sense or you think or you do, it happens and begins in your brain. Some of that communication happens automatically. And some of that communication happens by action, by you making a choice to do something. Fear is the part that happens automatically. In fact, fear is a chain reaction in the brain that starts with a stressful stimulus and ends with the release of chemicals that cause a racing heart, fast breathing, and energized muscles. You guys have all been there, right? You've experienced fear, and all of a sudden your heart starts beating really fast, and you kind of get tense, and maybe you start sweating, but you're experiencing fear. Fear is an automatic response that just is triggered on the inside of us. But here's the caution that we have to have. Fear, if left undealt with, if we don't deal with the fear that we're experiencing, it can get trapped in our minds. It can get trapped in our thoughts and keep us at a constant state of worry, a constant state of anxiety or depression or insecurity. And that could be extremely toxic for you and for me. That's, that's the danger, that we can get trapped in this place. But I do believe that the battle begins in our mind. And did you know, research says that this may vary for some, maybe higher or lower, but research says that on average, humans have about 50,000, 50,000 thoughts per day. It goes up and down based on us. We have 50,000 thoughts per day. And also part of the study says that on average, 70% of those thoughts tend to be negative. That's over half of our thoughts tend to be negative. 50,000 thoughts a day, 70% are negative. And if we have any math wizards in here, actually I'll help you out. It's 35,000 daily thoughts kind of geared towards negativity. That's pretty crazy. 
And that should cause us to want to find out, okay, how do I control then these negative thoughts? And these negative thoughts are, are fueled by several different things. They're fueled by the news. You know what I'm talking about. They're fueled by the news. They're fueled by previous events, past mistakes. They're fueled by our past failures. They're fueled by uncertainty, the unknown, not sure of what's going to happen next. And I can't imagine God's talking to Joshua and he's having this just epic halftime discussion with Joshua saying, Joshua, listen, Moses has passed away. You're now the guy to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And I can only imagine Joshua is like, uh, what? You, you want me to do what? I, I followed Moses. I was with Moses. I saw the great things he did. And I saw that after 40 years, he was not able to enter the promised land. But now, God, you're telling me, Joshua, who am I? I can't, I can't do that. I, I won't be able to accomplish that. And I think a lot of times we have those same kind of thoughts, don't we? God encourages us to do something, to take a step. Maybe as a child, maybe as a teenager, maybe as an adult, maybe even as a retiree, wherever you are in your stage of your life, God has maybe called you to do something and those negative thoughts so quickly come in, don't they? They so, so quickly come to our, our, our mind, those negative thoughts do. And we get to that point of saying, but God, I, I can't because of all of these things that I disqualify myself for. My past, or I'm not good enough, I won't be able to do that, I'm not smart enough, I can't, I do this. I, all these things that kind of come up, we begin to disqualify ourselves. But here's the thing. It's not who you are. It's not who Joshua was. It's who God is. It's not in your strength. It's not in my strength. It's in God's strength. So God is calling Joshua and he's saying, hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And before Joshua even has a chance to think or respond, he's like, hey, be strong and very courageous. And Joshua, in case you forgot what I just told you, I want you to be strong and courageous. And that's what God's saying to us. Hey, listen, Sean, it's okay to be strong and courageous. In fact, in me, you can be strong and and courageous, and you don't have to give in to the other stuff that's going on. Check out what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I love this idea of sound mind. That's kind of what we're talking about, this battle in our mind. And if you look up sound mind in the Greek, it's uh, sophurio. And this word right here is actually a, a combo word. It actually means sozo. And Fronio. Let me read to you just what these words mean because you probably haven't used those words like today, probably. So here, here's what they mean the Greek word for sozo means to be saved or delivered. It suggests something that is delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, and is now safe and secure. Isn't that cool? Sozo. Fronio means this. It carries the idea of a person's intelligence or total frame of thinking, including his rationale, his logic, and emotions. The word phronio refers to every part of the human mind, including all the processes that are engaged in making the mind function and come to conclusions. So you have these two words that are now combined to sophronio. And if we were to take this now working definition and add it back into that text in 2 Timothy, let's check it out what it says. So God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And he has given you a mind that has been delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, and brought into a place of safety and security. 
so that it is no longer affected by illogical, unfounded, and absurd thoughts. That's what God's given us. That's the sound mind. How many of you guys, that just sounds good. Like, hey, for my mind to be like that, I'll take it, right? This is what God's given us. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That's not, that's not from God. That's from the enemy. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He's given us a mind that has been delivered. A mind that has been rescued, revived. How many of you that you need your mind to be delivered and rescued and revived and salvaged and protected? We need that. We have to constantly need that. We need to have that in our lives. And if we look even further in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that makes me come to the conclusion that we have to continually be working on our mind. Those 50,000 thoughts a day, we have to be working on those thoughts. And we have to be ready and prepared with what to do with those thoughts. We must be prepared with what to do with these thoughts. These last couple of weeks, I've had the, just the privilege of working on a lot of East Campus uh, things that we're preparing for and, and getting ready to launch with. And um, ran across this guy in my travels. His name was George. And George uh, found out that, I found out from George that he was a professional skydiver. Sounds pretty cool, right? How many of you guys have ever uh, sky dove, dived, skydived? He jumped out of a plane. All right, very cool, very cool, very cool. Not as many as the people that don't like spiders. It's those, those people. Um, I, I'm not afraid to jump out of a plane like that. I just don't feel like it is needed. I just don't feel, I just, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good here. It's like it's not on my top ten things to do. But our pastor actually on vacation, check him out. That's pretty cool, right? Look at his face. He's like so pumped. He's so ready. Hey, hey guys, it's, it's not real. So, so don't be like when pastor gets back, be like, I saw you jump out of the airplane. You were skydiving. It's Photoshop. Photo, Photoshop. Everybody hang on. It's just Photoshop. But George, really cool guy. He skydiving as a career. He, he told me that, that he jumped out of, uh, that he, he did 500 or 5,165 skydives in tandem, just like that picture. He did 5,165 jumps out of an airplane. And I said, yeah, like over 5,000. He goes, no, I did 5,165 jumps. Like he knew every single one of them. And then he went on and told me, he said, I packed every one of my parachutes. Because I wanted to know what was going in that bag. I wanted to be prepared for what was in there. I wanted to know what was in it. I could have had a company do it. There's people that are professionals that do this. But he said, I wanted to know. So which means he packed 5,165 parachutes. That's pretty crazy. And then I asked him a question. I'm not sure if I should have or not, but I guess it was okay because I was standing face to face with him. I said, hey, how many times did you have to deploy your backup chute? And he, told, he knew the exact, the exact number. He said eight times. I had to pull my reserve chute eight times. And he said, the first one was pretty terrifying. <laughs> if you can imagine having to cut the parachute that's not working and then pull another one as a backup. But after you pull that one as a backup, there is no more backups. And I think the guy that he was jumping with actually got a free ride that day on that backup chute deployment. But he was telling me, you know, Sean, he, he said... It's not so much the jump that is the big deal. 
It's the preparation for the jump. It's preparing, it's packing that parachute. It's putting the time and the effort and the energy into that parachute preparation so that when I jump out of that plane, I know what's in that bag. I know that when I pull that string or that backup string, it's going gonna, it's gonna to deploy like it's supposed to deploy. It said it's the preparation that prepares him for the jump. And I, I think that's how it is for us sometimes in this life. And we have to do a, the best job that we possibly can do as a child of God to be prepared for anything the devil would try to throw at us. Remember, his job is to help us or cause us to be uh, fearful and faithless and hopeless. That's his job. He wants to take faith from us. And so we have to be prepared. We have to take time and prepare our lives bag, our, our prepare our life for the things that the devil would try to throw at us. We have to fill ourselves up with God's word. We have to hear God's word, refuel ourselves with God's word. We have to be full of his peace and of his patience and his understanding and his love and his grace. We have to be prepared for those things so that when the uncertainty of life comes, then we're prepared. Then we're ready to do what God wants us to do. So we have to faith our fears. We have to fight the battle. And the third one is this. We have to fix our focus. We have to fix our focus. Check out this scripture. It's in verse 7, Joshua chapter 1. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not turn to the right. Do not turn to the left so that you can be successful wherever you go. Check out this next verse. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. On who? Jesus. Not on your problems, not on your situation, not on your spouse, not on your employer. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to fix our focus. We have to fix our focus problem because sometimes in this life we get going so fast and we're distracted to the left and to the right. Something comes up and we don't know what to do next. It's like we live in the, the life of a squirrel sometimes, right? How many guys in your neighborhood squirrels have taken over? The, the squirrel's population is taken over. I mean, they're just going crazy. I'm driving through the neighborhood, and, and all you do is see these squirrels climbing trees and running in the road, and then you're driving, you have squirrel in the middle of the road, and you're like, dude, you got to have to make a decision. Bro, this ain't going to be well for you. Like, this isn't going to go well. And in our lives, sometimes we're like that. And I think we need to slow down. When things come up, when fear tries to hit us, when situations arise on the inside of us, I think we need to slow down and step back and remember and find out where our focus needs to be. And our focus doesn't need to be on our problems. Our focus and our eyes need to be on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Check this out. When you focus, what you focus on gives you power in your life. What you focus on, you give power in your life. So if you focus on worry, you're giving worry power. If you focus on your insecurity, you're giving your insecurity power. If you focus on stress, you're giving your stress power. Power. If you focus on anything that you would be fearful in, you're giving that thing power. If you focus on God, you're giving God power to help you through those things in your life. And so we have to be careful on what we focus on and how we're focusing and, and putting that focus not on ourselves, not on our situations, but putting that focus on Jesus. So what we have to do is we have to fix our focus. So I want to share with you just a few things that I have as faith confessions in my life. And I would encourage you to get some confessions, get some things that are based off of God's word so that when things come up, when things arise in your life, you have some resources to go to. Let me just read these to you. They're really good. These are all based out of God's word. And 
First one's this. I'm fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. I have no fear or anxiety. I trust the Lord with all of my heart. I'm fully resourced to do everything God has called me to do. I'm completely whole physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm able to walk in the sacrificial love of Christ no matter what. I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision I make. These are just a few faith uh, confessions that I would encourage you to get your own faith confessions. Go online, search his faith confessions, grab some things, get them on the front of you, get them prepared, pack them into your, the bag of life that you need to take with you so you are prepared and you're ready to conquer anything that would come up in front of you. God never said we wouldn't have struggles. God never said we wouldn't have pain. God, God never said we wouldn't have, be discouraged. But he did say this, that I'd go, I'll go through the pain with you. I'll go through the struggle with you. I'll go through the discouragement with you. And that he'll never leave you or he'll never forsake you. That's what his promise is. That's what his uh, plan is for us. Check out what it says in verse 9. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Now, if we didn't read the rest of this verse, if this rest of this verse wasn't in the Bible, this itself would be pretty good, right? Hey, God's saying, hey, be strong and be courageous. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. He's saying, don't be afraid. Okay, yeah, I, that makes sense too. Don't be discouraged. And it could just have a period at the end of that. But I love how God set it up this way for us. He set it up that says, hey, don't be strong. Or be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Three-letter word, four. Four. You can do all of this because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's why. That's why you can be strong. That's why you can be courageous. That's why you don't have to be afraid. And that's why you don't have to be discouraged. Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. Here's what I know about my God. He's with you when you celebrate and he's with you when you sorrow. He's with you when you received a miracle. He's with you when you're praying for a miracle. He's with you when your kid is running to him. And he's with you when your child is running from him. He's with you when you got a raise at your job. And he's with you when you've lost your job. Our God is with us. He's with you when you step over here. And he's with you when you go over there. And there's sometimes that God picks you up because you're not able to walk anymore. And he carries you through the thing that you're going through. And that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that lives on the inside of us. That's our God. I love the mantra of our pastor when he tells us that we're never alone and we're never without help. That's our God. That's the God that we love and who's living on the inside of us. So how do we handle our fears? We faith our fears. Our fears got to become strong. We fight the battle. And we fix our focus. It's not something we can do on our own. In fact, the reality is what I just shared with you is not easy. It's real easy to be afraid and jump into your fears and let your thoughts kind of run rampant. That's easy. In fact, that comes real easy. This is the hard part. This is the part you got to dig in a little bit. This is the part that you got to step up real big. And you can't do it without God. But with God, all things are possible. And yeah. But God also does this for us. He gives us these tools but church, listen, he gives us each other. He uses people to help people. And that's where we all come into play. And that's why small groups are such a big part of our church. And 
being part of a dream team and serving and volunteering is not just something to do, but it's something to help prepare this part of your life and this bag of your life so you can be prepared for everything else. To have some people that you can be vulnerable with and share those fears with and say, hey, listen, it looks like you just got your focus off of Jesus. Just fix your eyes more on Jesus. Hey, listen, I know what you're going through right now. It's unbearable. And I wish I could take it from you, but I can't, but I'll be here with you. I know it's God, and it's God that's going to help get us through. That's the kind of help that we need. That's why God has you and I in this world to help each other get through those moments. Whatever the devil has tried to hijack in your life, whatever the devil has tried to take from you, I say we take it back. If he's tried to take your peace, let's take it back. If he's tried to take your joy, let's take it back. If he's tried to take your future, let's take it back. If he's tried to take your love, let's take it back. Whatever the devil has tried to take from you, let's take it back. Because God said he's given us a sound mind. God said he's given us the ability to have that faith. And if God gave that to us, the devil can't take it from us. He may try, but he doesn't have the ability. I say we take it back. Don't allow the devil to have anything that doesn't belong to him because it belongs to God. Let's take it back. Begin to dream again. Begin to worship again. Begin to breathe again. Find peace again. And take steps towards our Heavenly Father. Amen. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Thank you for listening so well. I want to do this. If we could, just with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want us to take a moment just to do a personal inventory of where you are. Between you and God. Where are you right now? Are there things the devil has tried to take from you? Are there things that he's tried to hijack out of your life? Has he tried to take your faith? He tried to take things that don't belong to him because they belong to God. Do an inventory right now. And if there's areas of your life that fear has been winning, if there's areas of your life where the enemy has got a grip on something, I say we let our faith fight our fear. I say we let our faith rise to that level. Because God, with you, all things are possible. So God, show us what those things are. God, show us the plan on how to get free from those things. Help us to spend that time that we need to with you. God, help us to be around other people that can help us, to encourage us, strengthen us. That we don't have to do life alone. That we're never alone, never without help. God, we need you. And God, we need others around us. So we thank you for these things. God, I also just have it in my heart to take a moment that if there's anybody here tonight that you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have, but you know you're not living your life the way that you should be. You've been letting other things run wild in your life. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, or you have, but you're not living in the life that you know you should be living, would you right now just in a bold, brave way. Raise your hand as high as you can. I just want to see you. I want to pray with you. I see those hands in the front and the back. Just leave your hand up if you don't mind. One of our team members are going to come by and give you a card. They just want you to fill that card out and they, they want to be, we want to be able to be in contact with you this week. Anybody else see some hands in the back? Just raise your hand up as high as you can, man. You want to get some things right with God. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. One of the biggest, bravest, boldest decisions you could ever make in your life right now. Right now. Amen. Here's what I want to do. Just with 
take this moment just to make this prayer your prayer. Make this prayer a prayer between you and God. God, we thank you right now for who you are in our lives and for the great work that you're doing on the inside of us. God, thank you for sending your son, the best gift to die for me and to die for us that we can know that we're going to go to heaven. And God, I pray for these amazing men and women that raised their hands in a big, bold, brave way today that said, hey, I need to get my life back on track with God or I need to give my life to God for the very first time. What a huge decision, life-altering decision. And Father, I thank you that from this day forward, they would begin to take those steps closer and closer to you, that they would make a connection here at the church, get in their small group. Um, God, that they would uh, get in your word and develop and find out more about who you are and what you can do for us in our lives. And God, let this be a day that they never forget, this day that they made that decision to put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just celebrate with all those who made decisions this morning? Awesome. We're proud of you guys. We're excited for you. And I just want you to know that if you need prayer for anything at all going on in your life, we'll have our prayer team up here in the front. But I was so honored to be able to share with you guys this morning. Don't miss next Sunday and have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.